Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, September 28th. We are here live only for an hour today. So jump in quickly. In fact, I don't have much to talk about today. I didn't want to take up a lot of time. Since we only have an hour for your questions, then uh, Mike and Kevin Beckett will roll on in here for Rolling Toe. And uh, that's what we've got today. No space today. Um, I've got a lot going on. We will have a show tomorrow, but no space tomorrow. I've got to go pick up the coach this weekend. I shouldn't even think about everything I have to do. I'm going to get stressed. Um, just just a lot going on and not a lot of time to do it. So uh, we're going to have to cut out some of the extras for a couple weeks here. Uh, my trip has changed again, so it's going to be a quick trip this time. I'm just going to head there do the event and head back. I'm going to try to get it done in about two weeks, I think. Um, so I've got a lot of get to get ready before I take off out of here. I am going to be skipping that California truck show as well. Um, just a lot of things changed. A lot of projects uh, we're finishing up in the company or trying to finish up. Most of it is waiting for me. So I'll continue to work on that. Um, number to join us, 855-950-3835. Looks like those calls are starting to come in. Um, I see that uh, the broker transparency issue, we've been talking about it on and off for a while now. So if you're not aware of what that is all about, the, there is a lot of small carriers and owner-operators who believe that they should be able to see the freight, the original freight bill and see how much a broker is being paid for a load. I, I don't agree that we should have the right to see that, but the law already exists. I don't agree with the law, but it exists. It's been there forever. I think it was part of the Motor Carrier Act of 1980, and I don't think it's been changed since then. I'm not positive about that, but it basically says that, yes, if you are accepting a load from a broker or a carrier that you're leased to, and you are being paid on a percentage basis, with the carrier, with the broker, it's not a percentage. You just, the broker, you either set a price and the broker takes it or the broker sets the price and you take it. However, you work that out. It's with a carrier. If you are on a percentage contract, you also have the right to see the original freight bills. That law has been in existence forever. But in the real world, I've said this many, many times, businesses will always find ways around regulations, even if the way around the regulation is illegal. In fact, it happens all the time in every business. One of the biggest examples I talk about with this is every day I see drug commercials on TV that are illegal, and I know they're illegal. They advertise a drug for a condition that it's never been tested for. Doctors are allowed to prescribe it that way. They're not allowed to advertise it that way. Well, wait a minute. I see the commercials all the time. Yeah, they know it's illegal. They just pay the fines if they even get caught, if anybody bothers to enforce anything. That's the issue here. The law that's been in existence has never, that I, I'm aware of, ever been enforced. It'd be interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know that. I'd have to go do some digging. It'd be interesting to know. 
Not that I have a lot of time to go do that right now, but it, it does not get enforced. It's even worse. The brokers, even though this is kind of illegal, they write into their contract that you have to waive your right to that. I, I'm not sure that that's even a legal contract. I, I don't think it's legal to write a contract that that breaks a regulation, which this does. But what does that tell you? This has been going on forever and nobody enforces anything. My question would be, who is going to enforce this? And the only answer is, oh, well, we would need to hire more government employees because there aren't enough to do it. We're 30 some trillion dollars in debt. Do we really need to be hiring more government employees to settle disputes about pricing between brokers and owner-operators or small carriers? Hell no. The law shouldn't exist that you have the right to see that paperwork. But it does, and nobody enforces it. So now there's a big push to, to, I don't know, they want transparency. We already have it. But here's the real issue. The government just said, you know, we don't know what the hell to do with this. So we'll think about it again at the end of 2024. So if broker transparency was an issue for you and you were hoping the government was going to solve it, uh, you're screwed, which is why small business should never depend on the government. It doesn't fix anything. This is such a mess. The law already exists. The brokers flagrantly write contracts to break the regulation and there's nobody to enforce it. It's a regulation that shouldn't exist anyway. As a small carrier, you should need to know one thing. What's the rate you want to get paid for every load? Each load, not every load, each load should be different. You should understand that it's going to be different. You should understand why it's different. You should understand why it's high in some lanes and low in others. And then you should know your own expenses. Most of the people screaming that they want to know what the broker's profit is, They don't even know their own damn expenses. If they took all the time they've been using to bitch and moan and complain and cry to the government and just create an accounting system, then set their own rates and run their business like a business, they wouldn't need to cry to the government and it doesn't do any good anyway. (sighs) All right, let's let's get to some phone calls and find out what's on your mind. This hour is going to go quick, so jump in and join us, 855 nine five zero three eight three five. Oh, two things carry over from yesterday. Today's a free for all. I can talk about anything I want. Uh, I still have a couple questions about eggs or maybe I have an answer. I was talking about the color of the yolks on these eggs that our chickens are laying. And I've looked at a lot of pastured eggs over the years, thousands. I know they're deep orange. These are deep orange and then they're almost fluorescent. They're so bright. I've never seen eggs look like this. When you make scrambled eggs, they almost don't look real. Now, yesterday I was speculating that it's the grapes they eat every morning in their pen. There are grapevines there and the deep purple grapes fall all over the ground and they love them. The first thing they go for in the morning. But uh, Angie said marigolds. If you feed marigolds to chickens, it'll do that. And there are marigolds all over the property. I've never seen the chickens eat them. But maybe they are. So many of them, and they're so bushy and full, I wouldn't know if they were eating them. Um, 
but then I do have a question about eggs. So we're getting a lot of eggs, more than we could ever eat. So I'm giving them away. And I'm curious about what's called water glassing. It's a way to preserve fresh eggs. So you would take fresh eggs and there's a process. I would look it up, not exactly sure each step, but you put them basically in a big glass jar um, with water and a particular chemical. And I forget what it is, but this chemical seals the shell of the egg in this water. The chemical dissolved in the water then seals the shell and preserves the egg. And I'm wondering if anybody has any experience with it. One, have you ever tested how long your eggs are really preserved for? And two, what I'm more concerned about, what's the quality of the egg like after, say, six months? I mean, I wouldn't look at glassing eggs long term, um, but I would be interested in glassing eggs to get through the winter when the chickens aren't laying. We're not laying as much. But I want to know uh, if anybody's experienced it. Let me know. All right, let's uh, let's go to Pennsylvania. And talk about what's on your mind, Darren. Welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Kevin. Hey, I got two questions. Uh, I think there's an oil sample that was sent over to you. Yeah. I just had a quick question on the lead reading on that. What's your take on lead at 18? Ooh, I'd, uh, I know it's still green. Nah, I'd be wondering why, you know, I'm not worried. This isn't enough lead that, that we're going to be pulling down the pan and inspecting bearings because it's the first time. Mm -hmm. So there's no history here. It looks to me like you, you doubled your typical drain interval or your filter. I I have an OPS. Okay. Yeah. I do have an OPS on it, and yeah, I, I was running 25, but la- I looked on my, you go back far enough on my history, um, last June, I pulled a sample, June of 22, and lead was at 50, which was yellow, and that had 47,000 miles on it, but that oil was mobile Delvac, but it was the 1300, it was not, it was a synthetic blend, this one that I have in now, this batch is the full synthetic. And yeah, it seems like every time I run a little higher miles, my lead starts going so up. It, well, well, hold on, because well, well, hold on, because okay. I think we might be confusing some things. We can run okay. the oil as long as we want. I'm not talking about oil change interval here. I'm talking about sample interval. No matter, even oh, if we okay. want to run the oil for 500,000 miles, which I've actually seen happen several times with an OPS, we still sample every 25,000. Yeah. You, you, I'm looking at your sample which was I at 50,000. Yeah, I had one at 23 or 24,000. Well, well, right. I, my, the history that Do I you see, not- your samples were at I'm going all the way back to September of 2022. Your sample was at 17,000. Then October, it was at 25,000. Then in February, it was 23,000. Then June, it was 25,000. And then all of a sudden, you went all the way to 49,000. That's the problem. Yeah, this because, is the same oil. Well, this is the same oil as I, the I, previous oil sample. I, I know. I don't, you're not understanding what oh, I'm yeah. saying. We can run the oil okay, for I'm a sorry. million miles. I don't care how long the yeah. oil stays in there. But when you 
yes. when you do a sample at double the miles you used to do it, we would expect that yep. your wear metals are going to go up. They they always yeah, go right. up, and the longer we run that, run that drain, the more they're going to go up. What happens, though, is it yep. makes it difficult to interpret. So we don't want to do this. Oh, gotcha. It, 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 this is not a good okay. idea. We, we've worked out that that 10-inch filter works best at, at 25,000 miles. And we don't want to go more than that on samples because if we miss something, if there's fuel dilution or we've got dirt, by the time you get to 50,000 yep. miles, you've done damage. Yeah. So always so do your filter that, change that, and sample at 25,000 miles. Okay, and so I am planning to, to change my filter today, which is I have a little over. The reason I didn't change my filter when I pulled the sample, because if the sample well, was wait showing a minute. Wait, wait, changed, wait, 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 I don't want you to, con- now okay. we, you just threw in a third issue. You said the filter okay. wasn't changed when it was sampled, but, but I want you to go back to you missed an entire sample, and I want to make sure you understand that. Okay. You you went. I'm not past, sure I did. You went past your twenty five thousand miles without taking a sample and changing the filter. Then what it sounds like to me is that fifty you took a sample, but you still didn't change the filter. No. So the one that's showing forty nine thousand, like the last sample, which was just September twenty six or whenever. Yes. What's the one before that? June something. Uh, hold on. Let me go back to it. Yeah, June 6th uh, is the prior. And that was 25,000 miles on this same batch of oil that I'm still currently running. Correct. Ignore the oil. Stop with the oil. I know we're going to leave the oil in the engine. That's that's the point of all this. But every 25,000 miles, you change the filter and you take a sample And what I'm seeing here is you waited 49,000 miles to do a sample, and then you just told me you didn't change the filter. Yeah, because I was waiting until the sample came back, and I'm going to change it now. Well, right. You're doing this wrong. You're saying that's wrong. You're doing this wrong. Yeah, every twenty-five thousand sample is that correct? And you should have pulled a sample sooner. That's the one thing I still haven't heard you say you're getting. But that's where I think we're disconnecting because I, I did. Well, why does this paperwork show 49,000 miles since the last sample? Oh, it's 40,000 miles on the oil. Maybe I filled the form out wrong. It's only 25,000 since the last sample. Then, yes, you filled, filled the, the form, form out wrong. wrong. You did. I 49,000 is the total miles on this oil in the truck at this, at this time. It's 25 since my last sample, which was in June. So what's confusing to me then is why do all of your other, were you changing your oil every 25,000 miles prior to this? I was, yes, except for one time, which I was saying last year in June of 22, I had taken it up to 47. That's the only time other than this time that I went That's above what's 25. confusing me then. It wasn't yeah, even that you yeah, filled out the paperwork I, wrong. What confused me. No, I think okay. you're fine on the form even. What confused me was I thought with the OPS, I was, I was seeing the sample every 25,000 miles, but you were changing your oil every 25,000. 
I have been told all my life to do it every 15, so I'm slowly uh, venturing no, out I, further I, than I, that. I, and that's why when I, that's, I'm, I'm, I get it. <laughs> I'm a little worried. I, that's why yeah. when I saw the lead at but, 18, that I just wanted to. I actually talked to Pete, and he at uh, Pittsburgh, and I just wanted your opinion too. Pete acted like just keep monitoring it. Correct. And at that's this good. point, it's not a problem. But I just I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it this high except the last time I went up to 47. It actually was at 50, so which was one a of, year ago. One of the things, now now we can get to talking about if there is an issue here and what it's all about now that we got this straightened out. But before I do that, I want to, okay. I, I want to set your mind at ease. Okay. The very first truck I put a, a bypass filter on was in 1995. We've got a lot right. of experience with bypass filters. A lot of experience. The thousands and thousands and thousands of trucks that have been doing this, I've been reading those samples since that time. I can't even count how many oil samples I've ever looked at. I promise you, if we sample and we're watching the samples, I don't care if the oil's been in that truck 600,000 miles, and I have examples of that, you can still trust it. Okay. Trust the science on this one. Yeah, trust the science on this one. Or we're going to have to start calling you Jackie, too. That's an inside joke. Okay. Um, Jackie, one of our long, <laughs> one of our longtime tribe members and listeners, Jackie runs an awesome business. She's got an OPS, and she will not go more than 25,000 miles without changing her oil, ever. She's been doing it for years. I, it, in the beginning, I tried to convince her she didn't need to do that, and she just laughed and said, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. She's been doing it ever since. Gotcha. So it's up to you. Gotcha. But, so but I can I'll just, I'll promise just... you that if the sample oh, is good, the oil is good, and we can trust it no matter how many miles are on it. Okay. Well, I will take it up to 75, then I will... Keep adding a little bit of oil when I need it, and we'll take it out to 75, and we'll see what it looks like then. Now, my next question, because this is a Series 60, I have a feeling it's on at least its second life, correct? Well, it was. it's a glider kit. It's a 2013 Freightliner Coronado, and it has 750,000 miles on Who built without it? a rebuild since it was in the somebody in Iowa, I think I bought it from the original owner. I think it was Harrison, but I'm not sure. Could have been. Uh, I think it was Harrison. It was someone in Iowa, but yeah, I don't Harris, know. Harrison, Harrison may more than likely it was them. Here's, here's just part of the problem. And, and it's not that anybody did anything wrong. These blocks are getting worn out. Um, this may have been a second rebuild on this truck and this block. It's not certainly not out of the question. Uh, do we know what year the block is? You know what? Someone I had looked. I gave the serial number to somebody, and they said it was either ninety-eight or ninety-nine. But okay. I didn't actually. I should call Pittsburgh Power. I think they could tell me exactly. It's yeah, a four. They'd be, that, yeah, but. they'd be able to tell you, and, and that's it's likely that it's in a late nineties engine, so it could be on a second in frame, and second in frames are kind of shaky. Um, even on a good block, the second. I know it has been. I... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish what you're saying. Yeah, I was going to say okay. that the the was... second, in my opinion, should be an out of frame. It should be line board. The crank should be straightened. It, there should be more steps taken yep. the second time, in order to to build a nice long life engine. And what I'm trying to get to is we're at seven hundred and fifty thousand miles. 
we might start to see some bearing wear. You know, the the block is yep. has got some warp to it. The the crank probably isn't straight, and we start to see some wear metals. Um, and it's not unusual. And getting yep. 750, 850, and I, I'm not telling you that this engine is about to grenade itself or anything. Um, but we might notice yep. that the the bearing wear just continues, and at some point. Um, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of oil consumption. I don't. I put in four gallons in 49,000 miles. So yeah, that's not bad at all. That's, that's, that's 12,000 miles a gallon. That brand new Series 60s used yeah. to burn that, you know, when we were buying them new back then. That was a good rate for a brand new engine. Yep. So it's possible that yep. this may be an engine that we just roll some bearings into in 100,000 miles or so. Well, the other thing I do too, uh, I I'm all about fuel mileage. I I it's a six by two with a lift axle on it, and I run fifty seven oh, in, nice. in direct, Good. and that has me at thirteen hundred RPMs. And so, so I uh, I'll I'll take it down to twelve hundred before yeah. I shift because I my ninety day right now is at eight point nine four. So yeah, um, you know everything and, I see about so, this engine itself in this oil sample is that. This thing was built well and it's tuned well. Um, I, yeah. oh. I have never seen. Are you oh. adding base? Uh, uh-uh. I haven't added base ever to this thing. See, that's shocking to me. This engine doesn't use any base. That that means it's a really yeah. clean yeah, no, burning I've, engine. Ba- base is there to counteract yeah. poor combustion. You know, when we don't have complete combustion, we get acid buildup, and the base is there to neutralize that. When we get really good, yep. clean combustion, then you don't create as much of that acid. Uh, your your base has never dropped below five. That's a good sign. Yep. Yep. Well, there's a story, a little bit of story behind this. So I had this at Pittsburgh Power in November of last year, of 22, and got it dynoed. And I have a, I have a tune from a local shop in my area. And I kept hearing about Pittsburgh Power. I listen to you guys all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm a fuel mileage person. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go out there and see if their tune would do any better. But we stuck it on the dyno. I wanted the dyno up before and after. Right. And we stuck it on the dyno. And Leroy and JR were working on it. And uh, it's, this thing's pushing 618 horsepower uh, to the ground. And I'm pushing over 2,000 foot-pounds of torque. That's a healthy and tune. JR came, <laughs> well, JR came in. He's like, you know, he said, I can tune this for you. He said, but you're going to lose fuel mileage. He said, I don't know who tuned this for you, but he said, this is an amazing tune. He said, if nice. it was me, he said, I wouldn't touch anything. He, he said, he said, I wouldn't, he said, I would never tune a truck like this for just a random person to drive because he said, it's way too hot. He said, that, that's anybody what I was going to say. Break it. But he uh, said, obviously, yeah. he said, obviously, you know what you're doing. He said, I would just keep what you got. And so I actually if, left without it. I, I just kept the tune that I had and it seems to be running really well. Uh, I, I agree with Jr. I, I love the fact that they didn't try to sell you something you didn't need. Um, he could have gone on and said, it's yep. too hot. It's going to cause problems. We should retune. I, I'm glad that he said what he said. Um, and, and I expect that out of yep. them. And I agree with him. Um, you've already shown yep. that you can drive this tune and get good fuel economy. So why not leave it? If you like driving it yep. and you love this performance and it, it, JR's looked at it and, you know, I, I'm glad he looked because sometimes we see these tuners will turn off babysitters so they can tune it even hotter. 
you know, they'll they'll turn off the yep. the oil shut down, the water shut down, the temp shut down. Um, and that's not good. So I'm glad he got in there. He looked at yep. it. He said this is a good tune. I agree with him. I probably would not tune trucks like this for most people. But if somebody wants one and they're yep. driving it well, absolutely. And the, it, we're yep. seeing it yep. in the oil sample. Isn't it interesting that I, I made a point of saying something about this engine, it's running really well. It's burning really clean. Yeah, it was kind of cool. The guy that drove it on the dyno, he hopped out of the truck, and he's just grinning from ear to ear, and he's smiling. He's like, man, he's like, I have never seen a Detroit run like that. He said, that thing but, runs like a cat. Well, that's... <laughs> anyway, so that, it was kind of interesting. That's the kind of tune that's in my cat that I have to detune. Uh, it runs really well. I'm sure it's burning fuel really well. I did see an improvement in fuel economy. The problem for me is driving it is just way too much work. I can't hear the engine. I can't drive it by sound. All I can do is stare at my boost gauge all day long and try to keep it under 40. Uh, and it's just, it's just exhausting driving that thing. And I'm always worried I'm going to blow a head gasket or crack a head. So, um, the laptop's down at the oh, shop for me. Fun. When I uh, when I get there tomorrow, I guess I'm going to be retuning mine. I got to just turn it down a little okay. bit. Yeah. Yeah. One more quick question, and I can let you run. Sure. Um, on trailer bearings, uh, grease versus oil, is uh, there like just that in and of itself? Is there a big difference on efficiency? Nothing that we could ever measure. We know there's a difference, but okay. it's not enough that we could ever measure. Okay. Because I just bought a trailer that has grease, and it seems to pull quite a bit harder. Like, watch my fuel mileage. My fuel mileage drops when I pull do it. You, and I just thought, well, do you I, have another have grease hose, but I didn't check. Do you have another trailer that's okay. similar but has oil bath? Do you have access to one? Well, I have two drop decks. I have a Retinauer drop deck, and then the one I just bought is a Mac drop deck. They're both 53 footers, and the one is oil, and the other, and the one I just oh, bought yeah, is perfect. grease. Oh, yeah, perfect. So, get, get a big parking so, lot. Um, get a big parking lot, okay. make a mark somewhere, set up a cone or a rock or whatever you need, uh, pick a speed that you could get to and, and you got plenty of space, the faster, the better. But if you can get up to about 50 uh, and you're going to hit that cone right at 50, when you hit the cone, you're just going to kick it into neutral and let it coast down and then go do it with the other trailer. It, it's, a, the it's actually a okay. pretty accurate. It's how they test rolling resistance on tires. It's one of the ways they do some computer simulation stuff too. But Michelin has a big roll down okay. track. Uh, and I got to spend a day doing this, like playing around on the roll down track and seeing, um, it, and it's actually pretty accurate. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to try it out. Let's try it out. Now, like I said, we know the lighter weight the lubricant is, the less resistance there is. That's just physics. So grease is obviously heavier than oil. Then we would go to even lighter weight oils, and they improve efficiency. But my guess is if we went from grease to oil on every bearing we could find, we might pick up two percent maybe and it's just not enough to measure well that answers my question that i will check some other things and make sure i need to check alignment and i need to check how oh, big you, the wheel bearings are and stuff like that usually so. usually if we find a, a a lot the other thing you could do when you go do this roll down testing 
uh, keep a trailer, you know, do the roll down testing if you want, then keep a trailer long enough to, to get everything up to temperature and get out and hit the, um, the hubs with a temp gun and then do your other one and see if you've got a big temp difference. That'll tell us if we've got tight bearings or not. There you go. Yeah, no, I, this was just a question I could easily ask, but I, that gives me the answer I needed and I'll keep on checking a couple of different things and, uh, see what Perfect. I can find. All right. So, I appreciate your time. Thanks. You're welcome. Let's go to Iowa. We're going to go from in frames and wheel bearings to salad dressing. Very welcome. Yeah. I love Real my quick job. question about it. I tried to get in. Yes. I tried to get in yesterday, but I didn't, uh, didn't get through to ask Lauren too. But, uh, before I get to my question, it's amazing what you can learn from books. There was a uh, black operator in a safe house one time and he was getting ready to eat an MRE. And I always thought I knew what MRE stood for, but I guess I didn't know what MRE stood for. And I bet you don't know what MRE stands <laughs> for because I found out that MRE stands for meals rejected from Ethiopia. Boy, that is very fitting. You know, I I had the I had the privilege of being in the army when we switched from C rations to MREs. So I had about yeah. two years on C rations, and you know, then we switched to MREs. And I didn't think you could create food that was worse than a C ration, but they managed to. I hated well, I the MREs. Well, I remember you talking about that, so I wanted to. They and now been, you know what really stands for. Uh, they are just awful. Just absolutely awful. I, I, the sea rations I, were, were not that bad. Um, and honestly, my favorite, once you got past the color, were the green eggs in the can. Oh, boy. Well, uh, yeah, I never experienced that, but I thank you for your service, and I'm glad you had to put up with it, not me. So. <laughs> Meals All right, on the salad. On the salad. <laughs> Uh, I my buddy bone anyway, so on the salad dressings, and before you hang me out to dry, uh, here's the whole question is, is you go in McDonald's and you order a salad, they give you that goofy little chair pack of salad dressing. If you go into a deli or somewhere, they'll give you that little foil package of salad dressing you tear off. Where can I get clean salad dressings in those packages? Little, little chair foil things. I've looked on... Uh, uh, Thrive Market, I think, for Primal Kitchen and their, or whatever that brand is. It I is. can't find any in the little individual care packs. The the only good brand of salad dressings that I'm aware of is Primal Kitchens. There used to be another one called Tessie, Tessie Marie's or Tessie's or something. Um, years ago, well, four or five years ago, I was recommending theirs, and then I was in a store one day and I picked it up. And they had switched from all olive oil. They started using canola oil or some goofy stuff. I'm like, oh, what? The, the whole point of your line, I thought, was because it was good, clean, had olive oil. They switched, so I can't recommend those anymore. And no, I have never seen it in little packets, ever. All right. Well, I'd just like to be able to, if I go in and eat a, a ribeye, I'd still like to have a salad with it, and I'd like to have a way that I could carry those little packages in. I really don't want to carry a big glass bottle in with me. I'm kind of out of room in my refrigerator anyway, so I'm just curious if you had any source of it. Now, you know what I might try? And there's tons of containers, but the thing that came to mind, these these things have to still be around everywhere, um, the little film containers. I think those tops actually seal pretty well. Um, That's 
you know, a half of one of those is probably a pretty good amount for a salad. I might just uh, carry a couple of those around with me. Yeah, and then I'd have to carry the bottle in my refrigerator and pour it in there, and, <laughs> and I don't have, have that to, much room to carry and two or three different choices clean. of salad dressings. I just <laughs> and then you'd have to clean things. I know it's uh, it's it yeah. can be kind of hassle. I get it. Yeah, I just was I just want the clean salad dressing, but I want the convenience of those little it, tear packs if I could find a source for them. I haven't seen anything, and uh, there there has to be some other brands of salad dressing out there. I haven't found them though. Maybe they're local. Maybe I just haven't come across right. them yet. We were at the um, the biggest health food show in the country this year, and I was looking for another alternative for salad dressings, and there was nothing, nothing in the entire show. Huh. Well, isn't that so? Well, I guess there's your new line of product. When you get your commercial kitchen bill at Gup, you'll start packaging uh healthy salad dressings and little care packs for truckers. You know, and, and that one would be uh, a no-brainer for me. My gosh, I can make 32 different kinds of salad dressings in my sleep with half my brain tied behind my back. I, I make salad dressing to right. order. I mean, I, when when we have a salad or so, I make just enough dressing for that salad. So I make dressing constantly. Well, start packaging all my All right, that's all I wanted, Kevin. Short show. I get on to somebody else. Thank you so much. All right, thanks for the call. Let's go to Tennessee. Joe, welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, I just, uh, I don't know about the, the way that you're talking about preserving the eggs, but I can tell you what my grandmother did. It, she would take the eggs and she would either um, use baking grease or shortening and she'd rub it all over the outside of the shell and then stick it in the carton and then she would put it in her basement, which stayed at a constant like in the 60s. And then um, it would last for over a year. I mean, we'd be eating the eggs. Um, so, and then if it ever got to a year, she'd like to make a whole lot of devil's eggs or... <laughs> Okay, so so the concept is the same. What what we're doing is sealing that that shell so air and bacteria can't get in. The water glassing does it with water and a specific chemical, um, covering it with fat, which we're talking about here, would create a seal. So it's the same idea, and then putting it a low temperature. So if there is any bacteria in there, it's not going to multiply uh, for a while, if ever. And my question was, and it sounds like a year later, the eggs still taste good. I, I was wondering, I, I know yeah, they, this preserves them. I know that they're, you know, they're not going to make you sick. But I was wondering, is the quality of the eggs still good? It, when I was a kid, I used to eat them. I never knew the difference. That's, that you know, sounds pretty good to are. me then. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, that sounds like a good method, too. I may try both. Look, there's another advantage yeah. here. If you, uh, it, if you coat them with bacon grease, when you go to cook them, you already have the fat you need. There you go. <laughs> You're all set. Yeah, she would, she would just say either if she didn't have enough bacon grease, she'd use shortening. Yeah, it, it, all the same thing. I mean, we shouldn't use shortening. Yeah. We know that now. Um, they were right. They convinced them that shortening was better than bacon grease back then. But it would work. Any fat would work. Um, any fat that solidifies at room temperature, that's what we'd be looking for. So all of the animal fats, um, you could use lard, you could use duck fat, anything would work. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. You have a good one. You too. All right. Let's go to Missouri this time. Foster, welcome. How you doing? 
Good. Katie again, uh, Katie Foster. I, I called about a month ago because I was trying to get off medicine, Android and Polystack. Uh, I was worried about my cholesterol. He put me on a carnival diet, and uh, after that, I done that for two weeks. I called in the next week, and then uh, I done that for two weeks, and then I started doing the keto. Okay. I've been doing the keto ever since. I feel like a chipmunk on crack, just so much energy. I can't sit still and everything, but now... I'm having cramps really bad in my leg. Oh, okay. Okay. We know, we, the good news is we know how to fix all this stuff. I thought you may have been having abdominal cramps and I would have known what that was too. Um, for some reason, we're not exactly sure why. Um, when we go on a keto high fat diet, we tend to, to create some muscle cramping. It's very common. We see it over and over and over. And it was why one of the very first products we brought into our store was Light Balance. It's a mineral replacement. For some reason, the high-fat diet starts to mess with mineral balance. And we've I've talked about this before. My diet can be completely clean, really perfect, lots of quality. You know, the vegetables are coming out of my own garden. The meat's all local and pastured. And yet I have got to supplement minerals and we don't know why we, we've, we've looked at it and looked at it and it just seems to be the way it is. And there's the theory that all of our food supply, no matter how organic it is, um, we still don't have the level of minerals in our soil that we used to. And then the animals that eat those plants aren't getting the level of minerals that they used to get. And when we eat them, we're not getting as many. Why it happens when we go to a better diet, we're not really sure. Um, I'm sure we'll figure it out someday. It may be like the oxalate issue that um, if we have poor fat digestion, it does start to mess with our mineral balance. Um, so we do, we can work on the fat digestion as well, but usually, uh, light balance in the morning takes care of this. Light, light, light balance? Yeah, it's, it's a liquid and you only take a little capful of it and pour a capful in your coffee. The regular serving I think is two capfuls. I use one a day and it's plenty. And it's kind of like a overflow pour there. So I'm probably getting two capfuls. Um, and within days, the cramping goes away and never comes back. Uh, I know that sounds crazy being a truck driver, but I don't drink coffee. Yeah, you can. Uh, if you wanted to, you could just do a shot of it. It's salty water is all it really is. It, it's it's three minerals, potassium, magnesium and salt, sodium. And it's in the right balance okay. that we need. That's why it's called light balance. And it, it, this, it, there are other, you know, electrolyte replacements on the market. They probably work really well too. Um, light balance was the one we found. We like the company. Uh, like I say, this is one of the oldest products we have in our store. It was one of the first things we brought in. Okay, I have the uh, I have y'all's app, and that's what I listen to you on the app and everything. But how do I go to your store? I don't do Facebook. Yeah, that's so, okay. Uh, you just go directly you, to letstruck.com on any browser. Okay. Yeah, just on an internet browser, go to letstruck.com. Uh, store there works just fine on the phone or a tablet or a laptop. Uh, you can search. There's a search window up in the top right corner, and uh, light is spelled L Y T E. If you type in L-Y-T in the search, light balance will come right up. Okay. Well, I, I 
I've got to tell you, this is, uh, I, I've not had this much energy since I was 20 years old, probably, you know, I was in the military. Uh, my, my parents asked me the other day, it's like, what are you on? What are you doing? I mean, you, you can't sit still. You're, you're constantly, you got, and the brain fog is just crazy. I got where I couldn't remember 30 minutes. I know. Uh, my parents know. had asked me something. I couldn't remember 30 minutes. I'm like, it's just, it's insane how your brain starts working normal again. And you you have so much energy that you have to actually lay in bed and rest. And I'm, and I'm all day, uh, I've got a sleep number bed. It tells me my HRV. Right. And uh, it's, it's went up. Excellent. From 50-something to over 129. Whoa. As, while I'm sleeping. That's incredible. Holy cow. Right. So let me tell you like something. I, 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 I believe that HRV is the single most important number that we can watch for our own health that we're able to measure ourselves. We don't have to go get a blood test. We don't have to go to a doctor. It's the things we can measure... And there's lots we can measure with all the new devices on the market. But HRV is the single most important number I look at. And to have your number double is just incredible. That is no wonder why you feel so good. My, my breath rate, I don't know if that means anything, but it's, a, it's staying around uh, 11 and 12 now. That's low. That's good. That's a good sign. Your body is more and more efficient you are able to function well with less oxygen. It, it's just like your truck being able to run on less fuel. It's a good thing. Okay. I, I didn't know. I mean, I've, I've listened to you, and I've, I've started taking a cooler shower. Like, I'll shower with a hot shower, but when I'm done bathing, I will turn it to cool. Good. And, and sit good. there for a minute, and I'll turn it a little bit colder, sit yep. there for a little bit more and i do that every night before i go to bed uh when i'm at the house that's Which helping I, I your hrv home, too so, uh I, i'm not home every night to uh to to check uh, keep a check on that so but i'm home at least every other night excellent so excellent. No, that, I, I really recommend the uh carnivore and the uh and the keto to people that are not doing it it's uh so how old are you I just turned 49 in August. It, it, isn't it crazy to feel like a teenager again? Uh, it is. I, I, the only thing is I'm still on the uh, droid now. You know, I've been taking that for 10 years in a Polytech, and I quit taking a Polytech, and I'm kind of scared to quit taking the Synthroid because uh, it took them a while to regulate it. And then, I, I don't know, a couple of years ago, it got off track for some reason. And it took them like six months to get it regulated, and I, I, I felt really, really bad, like awful. Like I wasn't yeah. sleeping. I, I felt like I ain't slept in a month. So That's a tough uh, one. I'm kind of concerned. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. I, I can tell you, you, well, first I'll ask a question. You're not on Synthroid because you had part of your thyroid removed, are you? No, sir. You were just on it because some doctor diagnosed you with an imbalance in your thyroid, probably low thyroid activity. <laughs> hypothyroidism Correct. probably yeah um i can tell you that eating this way fixes that it's you're just gonna have to figure out when you're willing to test it and i get it i get it you don't want to go through that if you don't have to but i can promise you that you do not have a thyroid issue 
And if you do, it can be fixed with food or maybe some supplementation. But normally, we don't supplement for thyroid. Normally, this, these issues just go away. So whenever you feel like testing it, maybe you start to take half doses for a while and see if you notice any change. Okay. Or maybe go every other day. Every other day. Good. Every other day. That would work too. You, you just start taking a little less instead of just quitting cold turkey and getting way out of whack if something's still wrong. You know, every other day, half doses and see if you notice any difference. Just pay attention. And if you even start to notice any difference at all, go back to it. And um, at some point, if you want, you could fill out a NutriQ and, and do a one on one with us or. Uh, but I, I can promise you at some point you're not going to need that drug. Okay. That sounds good. That's, that's the whole reason I was doing the carnivore was because they put me on cholesterol medicine oh, for, 30, yeah. uh, for three Jeez. months. And then uh, I went back and uh, they tested me again. They said, oh, yeah, your cholesterol is good. But you said within six months they put me back on it with a standard American diet. So that's why I was like, well, I, you know, I need to do something. But. Well, and, and if I would have known that was going to be like a chipmunk <laughs> on crack, I'd have done this a long time ago. Yeah, that's what we all say. I know the the energy levels. How, how about joint pain? I mean, for me, that was a huge difference. I used to have a lot of joint pain, and when I stopped eating, that all the crap that just disappeared. I have no. I the only time I have pain anymore is when I truly injure myself, which is fairly common for me. But um, I, I just have no joint pain anymore. Like, I thought I had gout in my left foot, my big toe. Like, it, it didn't matter if I moved it, walked on it. It felt like somebody was sticking me with an ice stick. And it was the same with my right elbow. I don't I don't have no issues now. Excellent. None. It, it doesn't hurt. I, I can I can bend my toe any way I want it to. And it, it, it's not it's not hurting. It's crazy how <laughs> yep. it went from ice stick sticking to, to no pain at all. I mean, I bought all kind of sleeves for yep. my elbow. Uh, the tennis elbow, uh, little brace, all that. It never helped. And uh, within the first week, it started going Just away. Gone. I know. I know. We, I, You know, I've heard this story 10,000 times. I never get tired of it. <laughs> I, I never get tired of it. <laughs> it's, and I it's can crazy hear it, how that works. I can hear it in people's voices. I can hear it in your voice. It, and I've, I've experienced it, so I know how amazing it is. And here, let me give you some good news. I made my change right around, I think I was 52, uh, 51, 52 when I changed. I, I'm still getting better at 60. Oh, wow. Yeah, it gets better. Wow. I know it's hard to imagine, but it, it does. Well, think about this. It wow. took you 49 years of eating a bad diet to get to where you were. So, yeah, we saw some quick improvements in just a couple of days when you start doing this. But if you stick with this, you will get better year after year. I feel better now at 60 than I did at 53. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I just, it, it blows my mind. I mean, it just blows my mind. Me too. I love it. Well, Keep- I sure... I sure appreciate it. I'll get off here so somebody else can have a turn. And I, I thank you for everything you do for all of us truck drivers because there's no one else that cares or gives us the time uh, like you do. You're like, welcome. Like y'all. Like all of y'all. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you for your support. Um, <laughs> I love hearing that story. You know, we in the beginning, we used to hear that story over and over and over and over every day. 
Um, we still get them now, just not as many, especially not being on Sirius anymore. We don't pick up a lot of new people. Uh, but I will never, ever get tired of hearing that story. Um, he has the energy of a chipmunk on crack. That's a visual. Let's uh, let's go to Arkansas. Rod, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, a couple things. I was listening to Tuesday's show. Just want to make a comment. Uh, where you were talking, you guys were talking about impossible with Volvos and shops and finding good ones. And that your suggestion was find a dealer. There is a kid in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, called Diesel Brothers. All he does is Volvo. Yeah, he's really he might good. Be back, too. I'm assuming, but he's really good. Joel, ve- Joel very recommends good. I was, him a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was super impressed with him when I went there. So that's good. just something to keep for people that are running Volvo Power. I mean, he is great. And he's inexpensive. Yeah, good. Um, and then. The guy calling about the wheel bearings on his trailers, uh, he should get them adjusted because Joel will say, Joel will tell you that he, right out of the factory, they might be over tight. Uh, oh, absolutely. Like when I bought my new trailer, yeah. immediately I picked up my new trailer in Indiana, drove up to Jim in Michigan, and had the bearings set. Yeah. Um, it, it, so it's just a good thing to get the, like the dock preload done. And I as agree. far as this question goes on the oil versus uh, grease, Jim did a video wow, a couple years ago where he took semi-fluid grease, showed, like, its squishiness in a bag, threw it in a freezer for, like, three days, pulled it back out, and it still had the same viscosity. Well, it so, should if it's synthetic. Right. But a lot of people get nervous, and I was one of those, that, well, grease is going to get thicker in the winter and not going to work as well. No, I don't and concern about it getting... That a falsity. Well, yeah, but that wasn't my point. That's why I never mentioned temperature or worried about it. We know physically oh, okay. looking at them, one is a liquid, one is a solid at, at room temperature. Sure, both of them are going to thin out as they heat up, but the grease will never be as thin as the oil. I mean, that's the point. It's, it's a grease. It's okay. a heavier weight, so it will always have sure. more resistance. That's why the, the trend in okay. all lubricants, it's why we run 30-weight oil in all the new engines. They were all built to be able to use a 30-weight oil so that they can be more efficient. If we can build them with even tighter tolerances and we could go to a 20-weight oil, we'd get even more efficiency. So all, all of the components... And all of the oil manufacturers are all working towards lighter and lighter weight oils and, and lubricants to get better efficiency out of them. And I agree. All I was bringing that up for is to kind of ease this gentleman's mind. Yeah, it's where because he has a new trailer. Because I thought of this new tra- this new drive van I bought last year it came with grease. I thought of switching over to oil bath, and Jim's like, "No, you don't really need to. You're not going to see any difference." I- and the benefit to and the other benefit to grease is if you do have say you have a wheel seal leak, you're not going to blow all of it out immediately like you will oil. Uh, yeah, and it's like I I didn't say oh we got to go switch that to oil. I mean it, it's not something. No, I've no, ever, I know you. I right. know you did. No, I, yes. I know it's not something I've ever done on a truck. I, I, it's a one of those things that yes, there's we know it. There's a gain. But it's not enough that we can measure. So how do we say, well, you're going to sure. break even at this point? Or, yeah, I, I prefer oil. If I've got grease, it's going to stay grease. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's just what I was, was going to be my suggestion for. Yep. Him. So perfect. Um, like, like I said, my other main part was for because your talk with Bruce on Tuesday and trying to look for good Volvo shops because they are tough to find. That I just wanted to throw out Patrick because he is so good and 
Good. Seems we, very reputable. Yeah, and, and we need more of that. I mean, I, I wish I had 10 Volvo shops I could recommend and, you know, 10 great international shops or, you know, Pack Car or whatever. Oh, wow. Um, it'd be wonderful. Absolutely. Living in yeah. Montana, it sucks. <laughs> I have nothing out with. Yeah, yeah, I get it. All right, thanks so. for the call. Good stuff. Uh, one more call, and then we are going to turn this over to the Becketts. Let's go to Minnesota. John, welcome. Hey, Kevin. The uh, movie that was released on Twitter about the COVID vaccine, what was the name of that? Ooh, and do you which... know that's still available on Twitter? No, I don't. The There's... autopsies and... Oh, oh, uh, what was the name of that? Um, Died Suddenly? Is that the name? I don't remember. Uh, uh, not Sounds familiar, but... Died suddenly, sudden death. I, I think it's going to have a. There, there have been so many damn videos and you know about yeah. COVID and the shot, and I, I can't even keep them all straight. And honestly, I haven't watched. I'm not even sure if I've watched any of them. No, I did watch the one on the blood clotting. You're right. I do remember watching that one. Right. With all the autopsies. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't remember what the name of that one was. I haven't watched many because they just frustrate the hell out of me. Yeah. I believe they're true, and that's why it's I just so frustrating. Thought that was a, yeah, I just thought that was a good I wanted to go back and watch that one. I can't remember the name of it. So I th- For some reason, I'll I'm thinking died suddenly. But um, if, if somebody listening knows, and if somebody would either send it to me or post it on the tribes, we'll keep an eye out for it. But uh, Okay. Died suddenly for some reason seems to be sticking in my brain. Yeah, I'll uh, search that on Twitter and see if I can find it. So. All right. Thank you. You're Have welcome. A good day. Thanks for the call. All right, we are going to wrap this up. Um, died suddenly. Yeah, Angie thinks it was the same thing too. I, I that certainly seems like that's what it is. Hold on. Uh, Lisa's over with the chickens. All right. Uh, We're going to wrap this up. Uh, The Becketts will be back right around the corner. Usually only takes us about five minutes or so to swap the show over. And uh, we will not be doing a space today. I have got to get some stuff done. Uh, We will do a live show tomorrow. Um, The first hour will be a free-for-all. The second hour will be trucking technology and efficiency, and we will not have a space tomorrow either. I got to get out of here and uh, go pick up Coach and start getting that thing ready for a big trip. I also have to get uh, gardens shut down and things planted, and there's just a lot going on. Stuff going on down in the warehouse. We're busy. Uh, All good stuff. Um, just a lot right now. So we will see you back here tomorrow. Stay tuned for Rolling Toe coming up in just a couple of minutes. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.